Chapter eighteen of the Story of the Atlantic Cable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Story of the Atlantic Cable by Sir Charles Bright. Chapter eighteen Subsequent Atlantic Lines. As a natural sequence, other Atlantic cables followed in course of time thus in eighteen sixty nine france was put into direct telegraphic communication with america by means of a cable from brest to the island of st pierre and another from st pierre to sydney u s a the former length was manufactured by the telegraph construction and maintenance company and the latter by mr w t henley the telegraph construction company were the contractors for laying the whole cable on behalf of the french atlantic cable company société du câble transatlantique française this work was successfully accomplished from the great eastern captain robert halpin by the same staff as had laid the eighteen sixty six cable owing to the route this line was materially longer than the previous atlantic cables its length from brest to st pierre being as much as two thousand six hundred eighty five nautical miles the working speed attained on the french atlantic cable was ten and a half words per minute the conductor of the brest st pierre section was composed of seven copper wires stranded together weighing four hundred pounds per nautical mile covered with a gutta percha insulator of the same weight the core of the st pierre sydney section was made up as follows copper equals one hundred seven pounds per nautical mile gutta percha equals one hundred fifty pounds per nautical mile like the previous lines this cable has been down electrically speaking for some years it proved a very costly one in repairs one expedition alone having run into as much as ninety five thousand pounds in eighteen seventy three the direct united states cable company was formed being the first competitor from this country with the anglo-american company messrs siemens brothers who had taken an active part in the promotion of the scheme were the contractors both for manufacture and for submersion it was indeed the first really important length with which this firm had been concerned as manufacturers the laying was attended with complete success and the line opened to the public in eighteen seventy five later on in eighteen seventy seven the direct united states company was reconstructed their system entering into the pool or joint purse the latter was established shortly after the eighteen sixty nine atlantic cable had been laid constituting one great financial combination in eighteen seventy nine another french company was formed to establish independent communication between france and the rest of the european continent on the one hand and the united states of america on the other the to english ears and lips somewhat cumbersome title of this concern was la compagnie francaise du telegraphe de paris à new york but it soon became styled in england the p q company after m pouillet quartier its presiding genius the cable was made and laid in the same year by messrs seaman brothers though the scheme had taken three years to reach contract point 
the pq company in eighteen ninety four amalgamated with la societe francaise des telegraphes sous-marins under the title of la compagnie francaise des cables telegraphiques in eighteen eighty one an american company was formed under the guidance of the late mr j gould entitled the american telegraph and cable company with a view to partaking in the profits of transatlantic telegraphy by establishing another line of communication between the united states and great britain and thence to the rest of europe this cable was also constructed and laid in the course of that year by messrs seaman brothers who were part promoters of the enterprise as well as another cable for the same system in the following year eighteen eighty two this company's cables are leased by the western union telegraph company which was practically j gould's property and remained so up to close on the time of his death a few years ago in eighteen eighty three the above system entered the pool the happy destination for which maybe it was originally launched into existence a fresh competitor arrived in eighteen eighty four in the person of the commercial cable company two cables were laid across the atlantic for this company in the same year its promoters wisely foreseeing that in view of the continual chance of a breakdown this was the only way in which they could safely attempt to compete with their more firmly established rivals the commercial company was mainly promoted by two american millionaires mr j w mckay the celebrated new york financier and mr gordon bennett the proprietor of the new york herald with them were associated messrs siemens brothers who afterward became the contractors for the enterprise these cables like the j gold lines stretch from the extreme southwest point of ireland which is connected by special cable with england to nova scotia and thence to the united states one of them direct to new york the system is directly connected with that of the canadian pacific railroad company thus affording ready communication with the dominion neither the commercial company's system nor that of the compagnie francaise des cables telegraphiques is at present in the atlantic pool in eighteen ninety four two more additions were made to the list of atlantic cables one on behalf of the commercial cable company and the other for the anglo-american company the new commercial line was constructed and laid by messrs siemens brothers and the anglo cable by the telegraph construction company figure forty three shows the type adopted for the deepest water of the latter and figure forty four that for the shore ends here the wires besides being of a very large gauge are applied with an extremely short lay hence the elliptic appearance though circular in reality in order to increase the weight of iron and thereby avoid shifting and abrasion this type is now in constant use where rocks ice flows strong currents or rough weather are experienced special arrangements were made in the design of both these cables to meet the requirements of increased speed since the successful application to submarine cables of various modifications of wheatstone's automatic transmitter the limit to the speed attainable only depends practically speaking upon the type of cable employed on these principles the core of the new commercial cable was composed of a copper conductor weighing five hundred pounds per nautical mile covered with a gutta percha insulating sheath 
weighing 320 pounds per nautical mile, while the new Anglo has a core with conductor weighing 650 pounds per nautical mile, and Gutta-Percha insulator 400 pounds per nautical mile, involving a completed cable, main type, nearly double the weight of previous corresponding lines. The actual speed obtained by automatic transmission with the latter cable is as high as 47 or even up to 50 five-letter words per minute. On the previous lighter Atlantic course, 25 to 28 words per minute was the usual maximum speed attainable. The former, say, by average transmission and average receiving, and the latter by automatic transmission, other circumstances corresponding. Practically all submarine cables between important points, and certainly all those across the Atlantic, are now duplexed, a system of electrical working instituted by Messrs. Muirhead in 1875, which enables messages to be sent in both directions at the same time. The result of this is nowadays to practically double the carrying capacity and earning power of the line, the effective speed in either direction remaining virtually the same as in simplex working, provided the cable is in good condition. The armor of this cable, figure 43, is also a good example of present-day practice. Each wire, usually covered with compounded tape, butting against the next. This is found to be the most durable form for a deep-sea cable. In 1898, another French Atlantic line of a similar type to the above was laid. This involved the longest Atlantic cable section in existence, i.e. 3,174 nautical miles from Brest to Cape Cod, and was the first Atlantic line made and laid by Frenchmen, with the active assistance as regards laying of the Silvertown Company. Recently, too, a German Atlantic cable has been laid by the Telegraph Construction Company from Emden to the Azores, and hence to New York. The various proprietary companies here named have had duplicating lines laid for them from time to time, but these it is not necessary to further allude to. Neither has it been thought necessary to give particulars regarding the methods of construction, laying, testing, or working of any of these later lines following on the pioneer undertakings except where special novelties were introduced for similar reasons and seeing that the responsibility of these later lines rested with contractors the names of their permanent staff acting for them have not been introduced end of chapter eighteen